here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, the Democrats don't want you to know about this. A uh, number of excellent columnists have been writing about this, and now Kevin Downey Jr. at PJ Media. The Democrats don't want you to read this article about their alleged ginormous money laundering scam. Oh, do tell. You ready? These people are corrupt as hell. They want to limit free speech. They want to undermine freedom of the press. They want to put these enormous limits on what you can contribute, and then they steal. They are corrupt. Public records show some Democrat supporters appear to have been donating multiple small amounts of money, sometimes dozens of times a day. That add up to tens of thousands of dollars. Naturally, the Department of Injustice seems to be too busy to look into what's likely a colossal money laundering scheme, while the DOJ spends its time chasing terrorist parents who attend school board meetings and mother-daughter insurrection teams. Individual straw donors are apparently unwittingly being used to make thousands of donations every year, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more. Shocking? No, 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 there's no fraud in these campaigns. You don't understand. Here's how it works. person makes a donation to a left-leaning politician or organization. Bogus donors then continue to make donations, sometimes thousands of them, using the original donor's identity. Many of the exploited donors are elderly and or unemployed and have no idea their names and addresses are being used in the bogus donation scam. The top so-called donor in Arizona supposedly made 18,672 contributions in only three years, according to public records, which breaks down to just over 17 donations a day. Another person allegedly donated more money than the value of her home. Still another Tucson woman claims 
She didn't make the 18,000 donations made in her name to the tune of $170,000, despite what the Federal Election Commission records show. A New Orleans man whose occupation was listed as not employed allegedly made 847 separate donations for a total of over $18,000. The James O'Keefe O'Keefe Media Group, OMG, formerly Project Veritas, recently confronted some of the straw donors, many of whom appeared to have no idea their identities were being used to funnel millions of dollars to Democrat candidates. It's incredible. A lot of money went through the far-left donation organization Act Blue. Act Blue, whose website boasts of raising billions since 2004. Some of the money was sent to lefty groups such as Black Lives Matter. The burning question is this. If these people aren't making thousands of donations every year, which seems wildly improbable that they are, then who is? Is the money coming from overseas? We don't know. We don't know. So they get an individual's name and then make thousands and thousands of donations through that individual's name to God knows how many candidates. And it's not the individual. Now what's the Department of Injustice doing about that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because the Democrat Party is corrupt as hell. You want to hear more? Fox News. Hunter Biden's business partners and assistants visited the White House over 80 times when Joe Biden was vice president. Now remember Joe Biden saying, I don't know anything about my son's business activities. And yet his name appears over and over again in emails and texts. He's the big guy. He's Mr. 10%. He goes golfing with these people. Doesn't know a thing. And yet, according to Peter Schweitzer, who hasn't been contradicted yet, former professor at Stanford, I think Peter was, um, the Bidens have made $31 million from the communist Chinese government. $31 million. Want to hear about this? Four business partners, Fox News reports, a vice president, two assistants at Hunter Biden's now defunct firm, visited the White House more than 80 times when his father was vice president in the Obama administration, Fox News Digital has determined. President Biden has repeatedly insisted he had no knowledge of Hunter's business dealings amid dual criminal and congressional investigations into the first son and his family. But Joan Mayer, who says she was the vice president of Hunter's now defunct investment firm, Rosemont Seneca Advisors, for nine years, she says this on LinkedIn, made at least 17 visits to the White House during the time, according to visitor logs reviewed by Fox News Digital. In October 2009, Mayer attended a vice presidential briefing and met with then-Biden aide Danielle Boren. Less than a month later, she met with then-Biden executive assistant Nancy Orloff in the West Wing. In July 2013, she met in the West Wing with Kellen Suber, another executive assistant to Vice President Biden at the time, according to the logs. In December 2013 and 2014, 
Mayor attended holiday reception to the vice president's White House residence at number one observatory circle, according to visitor logs. In September 2015, she attended a Jewish community reception at the vice president's residence. She also met with Caitlin Demers, who was serving as an associate counsel in the in Biden's office in June 2016 at the Eisenhower Executive Office Building, which houses the vice president's ceremonial office. Now, why is she meeting with all these people and invited to all these things? Another former Hunter Biden assistant, Anne-Marie Pearson, visited the Obama White House at least five times before she left the firm in 2014 to join then-Vice President Biden's staff, according to the visitor logs. One of those visits included an April 2014 meeting with Kathy Chung, the former Biden aide who currently serves as the Pentagon's Deputy Director of Protocol and was likely interview-related ahead of starting her job there. Throughout much of her five-year tenure working for Biden during the Obama administration, Chung regularly communicated with Hunter, transmitting information about his father's schedule and passing messages directly from the then-Vice President to Hunter and assistants in Hunter's office, Fox News Digital previously reported. In May 2014, Person was hired as a staff assistant to then-Vice President. Her brother, Francis Fran Person, was a longtime Biden aide who left the White House just a few months after she joined Biden's office. So the brother leaves, the sister moves in. Fox Business previously reported of Fran Person's ties to Hunter and how Rosemont Seneca advisors had a financial stake in a company run by Fran and a Chinese executive with ties to officials at some of the highest levels of the Communist Party of China. Person previously claimed that Hunter Biden, Rosemont Seneca advisors, or any affiliate or associate have never held any equity in any Harvest affiliated company, despite multiple emails from Hunter and his business partner, Eric Schwerin, contradicting this claim. Fran would go to visit the White House at least seven times after he left his role there and later became a top executive at the Harvest Group, a D.C.-based affiliate of Communist China's Harvest Century Group, a top-tier private Chinese real estate development firm, according to a 2015 email. Person previously told Fox News Digital the visits were personal in nature, that he was visiting with old colleagues and friends. What do you have going on here? Let me sum this up. You have people who's, who are working with Hunter Biden in his various businesses. who are going in and out of the White House constantly. Constantly. Dealing constantly with the vice president's office. Attending events under the auspices of the vice president. You have people who worked for the vice president, then later working with Hunter Biden. And at no time, at any place, in any way, is Joe Biden told about any association with any of the businesses with Hunter Biden, ever. We also ha- There's also photos out there, and we've seen them all, of Joe Biden playing golf, having golf clubs, standing with individuals who were partners with Hunter Biden. And again, nobody's ever brought up a single time over all those years any business association with Hunter 
and the communist regime in China, the corrupt regime in Ukraine at the time, or the money from the ex-Moscow mayor's wife, nothing. Zero. Now, nobody believes that. Both person's siblings, the brother and sister, kept in frequent contact with Hunter and Schwerin, his partner, then president of Rosemont Seneca Advisors, during their Obama-Biden administration roles, using their government emails. That's illegal, by the way. Fox News Digital previously reported. So here they are working out of the vice president's office in regular communication with Hunter Biden's business using government emails. But don't worry, nobody knew. Nobody had a, uh, Joe Biden wasn't told by, now keep it back. Joe Biden's brother Jim was doing business with the communist Chinese. In addition to Joe Biden's son, Hunter. In addition to the fact when Joe Biden left the vice presidency, the communist Chinese put the bulk of the money up for the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C., where Joe Biden's paid $900,000 for doing nothing. Zippo. That's how you launder money from a foreign company to a politician. Person and mayor did not respond to Fox News digital inquiries on whether they discussed Rosemont Seneca business during their many visits with White House officials. Schwerwin, again, Hunter's partner, who managed almost every aspect of the financial life of the Bidens, according to Hunter's ex-wife, was no stranger to the White House when Biden was vice president. He visited at least 27 times. He met with Anne Marie Person at least three times between February and June 2016. Steve Rochetti, who currently serves as Biden's White House counselor, also met with Schwerin, again Hunter's partner, at least twice in 2016. The two visits occurred in room 272 on February 29, room 276 on August 17, old executive office building. Lots and lots of meetings between Hunter's people, Biden's people, as well as the incestuous relationships, as well as the fact that Hunter was Biden's son, and no question they had communications. Now, in addition to, it's hard to keep track, just stick with me, in addition to Person and Rochetti, Schwerwin made three other visits with staffers from Vice President Biden's office in 2016. Remember, Schwerwin is Hunter's partner including John McGrail, who was a counselor to Biden, a lawyer to Biden, at the White House. He also met with Caitlin Demers, who was serving as an associate counsel in Biden's office in 2016. She served as special assistant to President Biden and later chief of staff to Ron Klain until last summer. You know, folks, this is so sleazy. No wonder they don't want a special counsel to investigate this. Imagine all the testimony under oath in front of a grand jury, going through the list of meetings that took place, subpoenaing all the phone calls and text messages and emails and going through them one by one by one. Can you imagine that? And this story goes on and on and on. Rob Walker, another one of Hunter Biden's former business partners at Rosemont Seneca, appeared at the White House 16 times when Biden was vice president. 
Walker's name resurfaced last month when House Oversight Republicans said they obtained records showing members of the Biden family received more than $1 million in payments from accounts related to Walker and their Chinese business ventures in 2017. Devin Archer, there's more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. Are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Now, I gave you more names there than it's possible to follow or digest. And there's actually more names in the article about the visits, about the, the overlap in employment. It's enormous. It's incredible. It's overwhelming. And the amounts of money that the Bidens got from these foreign governments is incredible. Tens of millions of dollars. How can there be no special counsel investigating Joe Biden? But Donald Trump is indicted for a ledger issue. Oh, he called it a legal expense. And the answer is simple. The Department of Justice is corrupt. Alvin Bragg is corrupt. The Democrat Party is corrupt. Why don't they investigate this? This is a damn big deal. But apparently not enough. You won't see it in the front page of the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes. You won't hear about it on the Crap News Network or MSLSD, NBC, ABC, CBS, or the rest of them. Why? Because they don't care. They're rooting for the Democrats. I'll be right back. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, the voice the liberals want to silence. 
But you can talk to Mark at 877-381-3811. Hey, you know who else has been visiting the White House while we're at it? Over at the Blaze, George Soros has proven himself instrumental funding radical left causes over the years, but at the age of 92, the open society he has sought after needs a new champion, the billionaire's 37-year-old son, Alexander Soros, appears to be the new champion, appears keen to carry on his father's legacy of propping up radicals and technocrats. Recently updated White House visitor logs have revealed that Alexander Soros has the ear prominent officials and staffers inside the Biden administration. Having visited the White House at least 14 times since Biden took office. I'm thinking 14 times. That is, think about that. 80 times people associated with Hunter Biden's businesses have visited the White House when Biden was vice president. 80 times. 14 times. 14 times. It's like once every other month. Soros' son has visited the White House. His son chairs his father's Open Society Foundation and sits on the board of the European Council on Foreign Relations. Now, this Democratic fundraiser and University of California Berkeley grad... Hold on. Sorry, folks. I don't know what that is. One second. Got it. Computer's acting weird. So he's a University of California Berkeley grad, Democrat fundraiser, routinely takes selfies with left-wing elites and left-wing politicians such as Macron of France, Obama, Pelosi, Booker of New Jersey, Schumer of New York, and so forth, but all across the globe. On March 30, White House revealed just how often in recent years Soros has haunted the White House. He said tended a luxurious state dinner hosted by Biden and First Lady Jill on December 1. He has met with Chief of Staff Ron Klain, his advisor Nina Stravatsva, earlier in that day, the next day, Soros met with both advisor to the counselor to the president, Mariana Adam, and Deputy National Security Advisor Jonathan Feiner. Soros had on other occasions met with a National Security Advisor staffer, <coughs> excuse me, and other personnel close to the president's inner circle. Matt Palumbo, author and essayist who has investigated the Soros empire, told Fox and Friends first it was notable that most of Soros' White House visits involved national security. National security. And it goes on. So people with a lot of connections, a lot of business interests with the White House and so forth, they get in there a lot, as it turns out. They get in there a lot. Now, in this thread, as I continue to pull all these stories together, we just talked about the the donors who are cheating the system, who are not being investigated. We just talked about the the Hunter Biden business 
partners and associates who streamed in and out of the White House when Biden was vice president, and even now. We just talked about Soros' son who streams in and out of the White House. Yesterday we talked about the information that was brought to us by, uh, by American Legal and Reed Rubenstein about how special request in violation of the federal statute by the Biden White House got archives documents to the DOJ to investigate Trump at Mar-a-Lago. That is a huge story. America first legal. And now we have this from the Federalist. Manhattan DA enlisted a who's who of Biden administration buddies for a Trump takedown by Margot Cleveland, who's been writing quite a while there. She's quite good. A New York City law firm with strong ties to Democrats in the Biden administration and a big-time fundraiser for both lent the Manhattan District Attorney three lawyers to help him take down Donald Trump. This cohort included former Special Assistant District Attorney Mark Pomerantz, whose leaked resignation letter appears responsible for the Manhattan prosecutor's decision to indict Trump. Remember, you might remember that Bragg dropped the case and then all of a sudden picked it up again. The U.S. Attorney's Office said there's no case here. The Federal Election Commission said there's no case here. Manhattan D.A. Alvin Bragg became the first prosecutor to bring such charges against a former president. The pathetic bare-bones indictment was quickly denounced by pundits on both sides of the aisle. Then on Friday, the House Judiciary Committee raised additional concerns about the role of Matthew Colagangolo, the former number three man in the Biden administration's Department of Justice, played in targeting a Trump. Matthew, C-O-L-A-N-G-E-O, Colangelo, Matthew Colangelo, that would make him the Associate Attorney General of the United States, the Biden's Justice Department. While Bragg's hiring of Colangelo to reportedly jumpstart the investigation into Trump further indicates the indictment was politically motivated. The Manhattan DA's office and its unprecedented use of outside Democrat-connected lawyers to investigate Trump while it even predates Colangelo's arrival by nearly a year. Now, let's slow down because this is important. Why would Alvin Bragg bring in outside lawyers to investigate Trump? I mean, they investigate the mob. They investigate Wall Street. It's Manhattan, after all. They investigate the most complicated criminal activity you can imagine. Why do they need to bring in these two people? These two Democrats. Why did they later need to bring in the number three guy at the Department of Justice under Biden? The number three guy. Did you even know this, folks? In early to mid-February of 2021, Bragg's predecessor, Cyrus Vance, arranged for private criminal defense attorney and former federal prosecutor Mark Pomerantz to be a special assistant district attorney for the Manhattan DA's office. Pomerantz, whom the New York Times noted, was to work solely on the Trump investigation. Nothing else took a temporary leave of absence from his law firm, Paul Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison. That is a huge law firm. Where he had defended former Senator Robert Torricelli against alleged campaign finance violations. So this lawyer 
is a Democrat Party hack, slip and fall. But even before being sworn in as special assistant to the DA, Pomerantz had reportedly, quote, been helping with the case informally for months. Going to the New York Times, the hiring of an outsider is a highly unusual move for a prosecutor's office. Yes, it is highly unusual. One must wonder, then, how much more unusual it is for the Manton DA's office to receive the informal assistance of a prior criminal defense lawyer. That actually might be illegal. The legacy news outlet, however, justified the hiring of Pomerantz based on the, quote, usual, unusual complexity, unquote, of the two-and-a-half-year investigation of the former president is found. Yeah, it's very complex, a non-disclosure agreement. Unbelievably complex. A few months later, the DA's office welcomed two more outsiders, Alyssa Abahoof and Caroline Williamson, who also both took leaves of absence from the New York law firm, the same law firm. Paul Weiss, to work on the Trump investigation solely and only as special assistant DAs. For a law firm to lend not one but three lawyers to the Manhattan DA's office seems rather magnanimous until you consider that Paul Weiss's previous generosity to Joe Biden. During Biden's White House run, the law firm itself hosted a $2,800 per plate fundraiser for about 100 guests. The chair of the Paul Weiss law firm, Brad Karp, also topped the list of Biden fundraisers, bundling at least $100,000 for the then-candidate. As someone who cares passionately about preserving the rule of law, safeguarding our democracy, protecting our fundamental liberties, I've been delighted to do everything I possibly can to support the Joe Biden Kamala Harris ticket, Karp wrote in an email. Karp's support of the Democrat presidential ticket isn't surprising, given that his fellow Paul Weiss partner, Robert Schumer, is Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's brother. All right, listen to me. The head of this law firm, the head of this law firm's partner is Robert Schumer, Chuck Schumer's brother. And this law firm gave three of its partners to brag in the DA's office to investigate Trump. There's your Schumer connection, and there's your Biden connection. In fact, Biden's connection to the firm dates much further back. With former Secretary of Homeland Security in the Obama administration... Jed Johnson, also heralding from Paul Weiss, once elected President Biden nominated Jonathan Cantor, a former partner of Paul Weiss, to serve as the top antitrust enforcement official at the Department of Justice. In fact, according to Bloomberg, Paul Weiss has emerged as Biden-era New York power center. Got that? That means this law firm pours, raises a fortune in money with its connections to Biden and Schumer. And they can't afford a Trump presidency. Folks, this is a massive, massive scandal. The third one I've talked about tonight. The Democrat Party money laundering. Joe Biden lying about all the contacts when he was vice president with his son's partners and everything. 
And now this law firm, Paul Weiss, and its ties to Schumer, Schumer's brother's a partner, and its enormous ties to Biden, and the three lawyers that it gives voluntarily at no cost, temporarily, who are focused on getting Trump in the DA's office. I wonder why the New York Times uh, didn't put this on the front page. There's a resignation letter leaked in the New York Times. Pomeran said that in late 2021, Bragg's predecessor, Vance, had concluded that the facts warranted prosecution, and he directed the team to present evidence to a grand jury and to seek an indictment of Mr. Trump and other defendants as soon as reasonably possible. But after replacing Vance's DA, Bragg decided not to go forward with the grand jury presentation and not to seek criminal charges at the present time, Pomerantz wrote, adding, the investigation has been suspended indefinitely. This is why the House Republicans on the Judiciary Committee want to talk to this guy, Pomerantz. There's a lot here that the media are not reporting. What Pomerantz's letter did not say was that in late 2021, at least three career prosecutors asked to move off the investigation. Reportedly concerned the investigation was moving too quickly, without clear evidence to support possible charges. So not the outsiders, but three career prosecutors said, uh, what are we doing here with Trump? Instead, in his resignation, Pomerantz declared he believes, quote, Donald Trump is guilty of numerous felony violations, unquote, that, quote, the public interest warrants the criminal prosecution of Mr. Trump, unquote, and that, quote, such a prosecution should be brought without any further delay, unquote, and that letter was leaked to the New York Times. Gee, I wonder if this jackass did it. And then he writes an entire book. An entire book. Pomerantz later rejoined Paul Weiss, the law firm, and authored a book about the Trump investigation. And Pomerantz's letter and his claims that Bragg had suspended the Trump probe triggered a political firestorm with the Manhattan DA sought to quell by telling the public the investigation was ongoing. And we know what happened after that. After the break, I want to do more of connecting the dots. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. Are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. So now you know why Jim Jordan and his staff for the committee are focusing in on this guy Bragg. 
Because, ladies and gentlemen, this was a Democrat Party Biden orchestrated indictment of President Trump. That's exactly what just took place here. As they point out, the issue goes beyond Colangelo. Remember, the number three at justice who this district attorney has now hired, for it seems like Bragg never would have hired him had Pomerantz's resignation letter never been leaked to the New York Times. It's outrageous that Pomerantz was reportedly informally, quote-unquote, advising the former Manhattan DA while working for the Biden-era New York Power Center law firm with extensive connections to Democrats. The same law firm where Chuck Schumer's brother is a partner. Equally outrageous is the fact that that same law firm lent the DA's office three lawyers who worked specifically and only on the Trump investigation. No wonder Alvin Bragg went into federal court asking a federal court to stop Pomerantz from having to testify in front of this committee. And I hope the judge in the case is listening to this program. The federal district judge. She made a ruling today that she would not issue a temporary restraining order. Uh, that's an important ruling that Bragg had sought. Uh, so she wants to hear more arguments. But there's clearly a federal purpose here and a congressional oversight purpose here. And I'll give you the simple two that I mentioned the other day. Number one, this Democrat law firm, this Democrat DA, are interfering with a federal election. They're certainly influencing a federal election by conducting itself the way it has and bringing these charges. So whether you like it or not, lefties, there's clearly a, a federal cause of action. But apart from a cause of action, Congress doesn't need a federal cause of action. It just needs some connection and a legislative purpose. It's a very broad authority given to Congress and under the right circumstances for Congress to exercise. So they're not interfering with a criminal case. They're trying to find out why a federal election is being tampered with. And number two, this is a national issue that goes well beyond the boundaries of Manhattan. It affects the Republican primary, and it affects the general election. So this isn't a local matter. It's not even a state matter. It is a federal matter where the local district attorney intervened in a federal election. It's not a local matter. And he did it for a reason. He did it on purpose. But that's even beside the point. Pomerantz wrote a book. In my view, in clear violation of the ethics rules of New York and every other state in this country. Talking about the investigation of what took place. The fact now that he's being asked to do virtually the same thing under oath should not be a problem in the least. That is, at all. Maybe Mr. Bragg should have had Mr. Pomerantz sign a, na- na- a non-disclosure agreement, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Maybe Mr. Pomerantz, in his own way, is a porn star for writing a book like that after being a prosecutor. These are all Democrat hacks at a Democrat hack law firm. They manipulated the system. They didn't think they'd get smoked out. They were smoked out by the Federalists. And now the whole country knows the sleaze that took place. 
I'll be back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, our number, 877 Anyway, uh, I know it's only Wednesday, but this Sunday we have a hell of a show. So I hope you'll get your DVR sent if you can't watch it live, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Obviously, that means 7 p.m. Central and all the other times. Very, very important. Uh, We're going to talk about the First Amendment. You've probably heard of New York versus Sullivan, but don't know much about it. You've heard of this Dominion lawsuit. You've read about it and heard about it by the corrupt Democrat Party media that is rooting for the destruction of another news organization. And uh, while I can't get into every specific in that case, obviously, uh, I do want to talk about the First Amendment and the media censorship and how our liberties are being eroded. They're being eroded in the courtroom. They're being eroded by the Biden administration. They're being eroded by the rest of the media. They're being eroded by the Democrats. I just spent the first hour walking you through various scandals that are not being investigated, including the dark money that is being laundered through individual donors who are giving up to over 18,000 donations in an election cycle, and they go to the individual who says, I don't know anything about this. And this is happening all over the place because they give one donation to a candidate or another donation to another candidate. Their names are being used in a systematic way only by the Democrat Party, only by Democrats, to launder millions of dollars in campaign contributions. And the Department of Justice isn't even investigating it. Isn't even investigating it. I explained to you now what's happened in New York that the law firm that lent, quote-unquote, three lawyers to Alvin Bragg in the DA's office, excuse me, is a law firm where one of the partners is Richard Schumer, Chuck Schumer's brother, that the lead managing partner of the law firm is a huge Biden fundraiser and donor. And that Pomerantz, the gentleman who wrote the book, gentleman, the a-hole who wrote the book, who was one of the prosecutors lent to the DA's office. Really extraordinary. You don't normally have DA's office borrowing lawyers from the private sector. They don't need them. Particularly in a non-disclosure agreement case, it's not very complicated. And this guy, Pamerantz, is a... What is he? He's a rabid left-wing Democrat. And he writes this book and he spells it out, that he... He offered to do this job for nothing. 
because he wanted to get Trump. And that Trump is guilty. And he goes on and on and on. If you're an investigator or a prosecutor, you're not allowed to speak like that. You keep your mouth shut. Just like this D.A. Bragg got elected saying, I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to charge Trump. But now we see, thanks to the Federalists, the entire Democrat Party machinery that was behind this. The law firm, the individual lawyers, the firm that Schumer's brothers are partner in, the managing partner, the whole thing. And three career prosecutors in Bragg's office raised questions about what Bragg was doing. They were very, very concerned about it. They left. But nobody even talks about that. The U.S. Attorney's Office looked at it and said there's nothing here. The Federal Election Commission looked at it and said there's nothing here. Bragg looked at it said there's nothing here until Pomerantz, who worked at this Democrat Party, Schumer Law Firm, wrote his book, trashing Bragg, trashing the office, arguing about why Trump should have been indicted and the crimes that were committed. And then Bragg says, you know, let me dust this off and look at it again, which is about in January. But this one I talked to you about the other day that I really want to underscore. It involves the documents case. Out of Washington. Do you remember when this case first came up and there were documents found at Mar-a-Lago and long story short, Biden and his staff said they were absolutely stunned to hear about all this, that they had no knowledge about any of this that was taking place. We can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Remember all that stuff? They lied. And you know how we know they lied? Because a Freedom of Information Act request was filed by American First Legal, and they got emails. And you know what they found in those emails? Contemporary evidence is what it's called. You know what they found in those emails? They found in the National Archives email records that the FBI obtained (coughs) access to these records through what's called a special access request. Remember I mentioned that? From the Biden White House on behalf of the Department of Justice. So number one, right there, Obviously, the Biden administration did know about it. Because they went to the National Archives, affirmatively, took affirmative steps, went to the National Archives through a special access request that only the president can use under the statute on behalf of the Department of Justice to seek those records. So it appears that the Biden White House and the Department of Justice coordinated to obtain, AFL points out, Trump records and perhaps created a pretext for the law enforcement raid by way of a special access request. Now, what's wrong with that? The statute for the special access request authorizes special access request to an incumbent president, Biden, Only, only 
when the records in question are needed for the, quote, conduct of current business of the White House. Now, what does that mean? It means, let's say a a president leaves office and he takes some records with him, which they used to do regularly. Nixon was paid $18 million for his records before they passed the Presidential Records Act, just so you know. And you have documents that are currently signed by presidents and cabinet secretaries and Supreme Court justices. All those documents now have to be kept by the government. But in the past, you could take them with you. You could sell them. You can do whatever you want with them. But there's a special access statute. Only a sitting president can seek records from a past president and only for, quote, the conduct of current business of the White House. So what does that mean? Biden could not have a special access document request to get documents for the Department of Justice. He could only do it for his own White House, meaning we don't understand how this computer works. We don't understand why President Ernie Grabowski made this decision on this issue. We, for purposes of, 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 uh, of, of understanding this process and making our own decisions, we really need that document or we really need... It's not for criminal investigative purposes. It's for current business activities, not a criminal investigation. Current business activities of the White House, not on behalf of the Department of Justice. Now, the acting archivist at the time testified before Congress that the archives had nothing to do with the Department of Justice investigation. That is obviously a lie. Because the archives knew when it was providing the records to the Department of Justice via the White House that it was not complying. It was not complying with federal statute, the special access statute. And so now we have a second investigation of Donald Trump that was sparked by Biden and the Democrats. A second one. The first one, I've explained at length tonight, in the first hour and slightly in this this hour. And now the second one, right here. Right here. These things are not coincidental. They're not just happening. They're being manufactured. Just like the letter was. The memo that Merrick Garland put out on the parents. It was written by the National School Boards Association in coordination with the White House Department of Justice and the Education Department. Then they send it to the White House. The White House sends it to the Department of Justice acting like they had no role in it. And then the Attorney General issues his own memorandum, unleashing the criminal division, the U.S. Attorney's Departments, the Civil Rights Division, the FBI, the National Security Unit, and the Terrorism Hotline on parents. It was an inside job. And I said it was an inside job at the time. Why? 
Because you don't get a letter to the White House on a Friday evening, and then on a Monday morning, the Attorney General spits out that kind of memo. I know that, because I've worked on both ends, at the White House and the Department of Justice, and it turns out I was right. My instincts were correct. They're not always correct, but they were here. That's two times now. That the Biden White House and the Democrat Party was behind these criminal investigations. It's not a surprise. Bragg is a Democrat. This phony special counsel they brought back from The Hague is a Democrat. He's the same guy that the Supreme Court ruled 9-0 to to overturn what he did in the state of Virginia against former Governor McDonald. They overturned his conviction. That conviction occurred when this special counsel who's investigating Trump in Washington, D.C., was head of the public integrity section of the, of the Justice Department calling the shots. This is the same guy that went after John Edwards, Democrat, and tried to prosecute John Edwards. Unjustly for what? Donors gave a million dollars so he could set up an apartment for his, I guess, girlfriend or whomever, She was pregnant at the time. And he twisted the federal campaign laws the way Bragg has. And the jury found Edwards innocent on one count and was deadlocked on four other counts. And then the Department of Justice dropped it and said, all right, our novel legal theory didn't work. The head of the public integrity section, again, the guy who's special counsel in Washington on Trump. So the Supreme listen to me, why would you appoint that guy special counsel and bring him back from The Hague, where obviously he was thrown to get him the hell out of the country? Why would you bring him here when the Supreme Court unanimously humiliates him and a federal jury unanimously humiliates him that in one case he takes a law and stretches it way beyond its boundaries, says the court. In another case, takes an election law, stretches stretches it way out of its boundaries, and he's rejected by a jury. That's the guy you pick? So there's two cases where the Biden White House, the Democrat Party were involved. And there will be more. Because these things don't just happen. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. 
That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. On Life, Liberty, and Levin, we will have Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz and I don't always agree, but we are very similar when it comes to civil liberties in the Constitution. And Matt Whitaker, the former acting attorney general of the United States. And we're going to discuss the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and freedom of the press in some detail. It's going to be uh, a show unlike you've ever seen. It's it's a one-off. Now let's move on. At the White House today, uh, the fur was flying, as they like to say. The dust didn't settle, as they like to say. The crap was hitting the fan, as I like to say, in a different way. But there you go. John Decker is the White House correspondent for Gray Television, right, Mr. Producer? Now, we don't know what Gray Television is exactly. I assume it involves old people or old televisions. Uh, But he confronts Karine Jean-Pierre at the White House briefing. And he wants to know, actually, the other day, and he wants to know, are we ever going to hear from Joe Biden Are we ever going to have a press conference with Joe Biden? Every president has press conferences. What the hell is going on here? Cut four, go. The second question has to do with the lack of a press conference during the president's upcoming trip and the lack of press conference that we see in general from this White House. I represent a news organization that owns 113 television stations and a question that I'm often asked and I don't know the answer to, so I'll ask you that question. Uh, Is the administration trying to protect the president from our questions? Uh, Please, I answer that Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So why the lack of any interaction in a formal setting to have a press conference? Uh, I mean, the president takes shouted questions. I I understand, John. I understand. I understand. No, you don't understand. He didn't ask you if the president takes shouted questions as he's walking away to the helicopter and you can barely hear him. Well, Reagan did it, but Reagan also had formal press conferences. Well, Trump did it. Trump also had formal press conferences. Joe Biden does not. He does not stand there for an hour and take questions. Go ahead. Three times already. I understand it is it is it is uh, the job of you all to ask this question to me. Totally get that, and that's not. A problem at all. Um, Oh, it's not a problem at all. Aren't you sweet? Thank you. It's your job to ask me about asking the president questions. Go ahead. Certainly, uh, the president many times has has stood in front of all of you, has taken questions. That's not what he's asking, you idiot. He's saying, why don't you have a formal press conference where people can ask questions? Not where they can ask one or two questions as he's shuffling off the stage. Or waving to uh, an invisible rabbit. 
Go ahead. His own, because he wanted uh, to see what was all on your minds. He wanted to see what the questions you all were going to ask him, and he wanted to you answer them this? directly. Do you, you believe this? She spins it. I can't stand the spin. I can't stand when these politicians spin, either party. Either party. Well, he stands here and takes a few questions because he's curious to know what's on your mind. No, he's not. He's getting out of there as fast as he possibly can. Let's move to cut five. Go. You recognize that as it relates to prior administrations, the president's predecessor, uh, President Obama, President George W. Bush, uh, I've been here long enough to have covered President Bill Clinton. This is not the norm. The norm is we do get an opportunity to ask the questions to the president about domestic and foreign policy issues in a formal setting at some point. Uh, and you choose that point, but we haven't had that opportunity in quite some time. So I'll say this. It is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. And he no, has. Okay. So this is all the reporters now. No, no, no. Now listen to the idiots. And he's taken more shouted questions than any president ever. Now, we know that's not true. Probably Richard Nixon wins that one. But still, he's taken more shouted questions. Probably. This is so infantile, juvenile, ridiculous. Why won't he hold a damn press conference? Usually it's held in the evening or at night, where the whole country can watch if they want with real reporters asking real questions and even follow-up questions? We've never had anything like this before, America. Where we have a president who's got one foot in the witness protection program. Go ahead. Almost every day. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, certainly, we'll certainly get the data and share that with all of you. I hear, John, yeah. I hear your question. They don't want the data. They know you hear. They know you take it seriously. <coughs> the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, he won't hold a press conference. The November 2020 election, this guy John Decker says, and she talks over him, so I have to read it off the transcript. Donald Trump took questions practically every day. Every single president before Biden held formal press conferences. Even his last press conference, you see how scripted it was with his little note cards? I call chair number three. I mean, I mean NBC. And remember once he wrote off one of these cards at some point, he said, question mark. Oh, wait a minute. There's a question mark at the end of the question, and he reads out loud question mark but all of that said apparently he's not going to hold a formal press conference and it won't matter because they think they can ram his candidacy down your throat I want to mention a couple of other things here I on this program have talked about Hakeem Jeffries and how Hakeem Jeffries has lied about supporting his uncle, Leonard Jeffries, who was removed from his job at, I think it was Columbia or SUNY. 
in New York as a department head or a dean or something for his blatantly Jew-hating, vile, anti-Semitic comments. Just horrendous. And Hakeem Jeffries has always said, you know, I love my uncle. It doesn't mean I agree with his theories. And as I explained to you folks probably a month ago, Hakeem Jeffries actually defended his uncle when he was in college. In fact, the organization that he headed invited his uncle to his college to speak after his uncle was fired. And Hakeem Jeffries completely endorsed his uncle. And it's not like he was 16, 17 years old. He was a grown-up. I think he was in law school. I want you to listen to this. John King at CNN has picked up on this. To his credit. Because nobody else has reported this but me. What was it? A month or six weeks ago, right, Rich? Listen to this. Hat tip, John King, CNN. Cut six, go. Hakeem Jeffries' uncle was well known, especially in New York, for his controversial remarks. Among the things uh, Leonard Jeffries said, uh, he claimed that rich Jews... Uh, financed the slave trade. He said that Jewish Hollywood executives, quote, planned and plotted a conspiracy to denigrate black Americans in their films. Uh, he was condemned back in those days by the Anti-Defamation League, by then Governor Mario Cuomo. After a lengthy legal battle, he left his position at the City, City University of New York. How had the politician, Hakeem Jeffries, explained this in the past? So uh, Jeffries has downplayed his associations uh, with the past. And I want people to read this quote uh, that he gave to the Wall Street Journal uh, in 2013, in which he says uh, there was no Internet uh, during that era. And I can't even recall uh, a daily newspaper in Binghamton, New York, but it wasn't covering uh, the things that the New York Post and Daily News were uh, at the time. Uh, Jeffries has made uh, similar comments over the years, most recently in 2019 uh, to the Axe Files podcast. Take a listen to this. My father made a deliberate decision to try to shield us from that controversy because he was very concerned as to how it could just impact our well-being, our focus, because it was an intense situation. I've said that there are many statements that he has made that I disagree with and that obviously are very different than the course that I've followed, um, and I've sort of left it at that. Uh, so that is Hakeem Jeffries to David Axelrod. In the earlier quote you read, sort of uh, keeping this at an arm's length, I don't really know that much about it. I don't agree, but I don't know much about it. But uh, you went to Binghamton University. That's where Hakeem Jeffries went to college. And you found he had actually written about his uncle and Louis Farrakhan back then when he was 21-year-old as a student. What did you find? Yeah, that's right. So Jeffries uh, and the Black Student Union actually invited his uncle to speak on campus. And then after Jewish student groups protested, Jeffries led a press conference uh, defending his uncle. That obviously undermines that quote we just read from the Wall Street Journal a little bit earlier, where uh, he said he could not even recall um, you know, local press coverage of this. He actually led a press conference. Uh, he then wrote this editorial where, where he defended him, and I'm, I'm just going to read a couple lines from it. Uh, he says, Dr. Leonard Jeffries and Louis Farrakhan have come under intense fire. Where do you think their interests lie? Dr. Leonard Jeffries uh, has challenged the existing white supremacist educational system and long-standing distortion of history. His reward has been a media lynching complete with uh, character assassinations and inflammatory 
erroneous accusations. Uh, so that is very different of how he reacted, responded, wrote back then to what he says, what he has said. What about today? Now that you have this reporting, how is Leader Jeffries responding? So we did reach out uh, to his office yesterday. Uh, we asked, uh, you know, if, the, if there were any inconsistencies that he saw between what he said uh, in 2013, what he said in 2019, and what the actual record shows. They didn't respond uh, to those questions, but they did give us a statement uh, where they said Leader Jeffries has been clear that he does not share the controversial views espoused by his uncle over 30 years ago. So distance again, but not a direct reaction, a direct reaction at all to the specific reporting. Well done. You would have thought Newsweek would have done this story, but they're incapable of it. The IQ level there is very, very low. And I'm talking about the aggregate IQ level. So we have to rely on CNN to do this report. And it's a good report. It's not even all the information that I shared with you four or six weeks ago. But it's enough to demonstrate. Joe Biden, as a senator... In his early years, was a racist and a segregationist, a Democrat. And that was covered up in this last election. It was covered up. Hakeem Jeffries embraced his uncle, who was an anti-Semite. And he was also a bigot, Hakeem Jeffries. Now, of course... He's a great leader of the Democrat Party. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Show's flying by, baby. We have our power hour coming up in just a few minutes. So people are now catching up again with us and they're reporting that the uh, Environmental Destruction Agency is putting out regulations that will destroy cars that use the combustion engine, gasoline. They're going to make the standards so strict that it is impossible for a combustion engine using gasoline to meet them. They're going to do that not just for cars, but for trucks. Now, this is what they do in fascistic regimes, not capitalist countries. They're going to make it impossible to buy anything but electric vehicles, and I'll get back to this when we return. I'll be right back. 
Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. By the way, have you noticed gold prices are really going up, 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 up? And who knows what will happen. I suspect they'll keep going up because uh, what's happening to the American dollar internally here, they're weakening it by printing so much paper money. That's what happens. Paper money becomes worth less, not worthless, worth less the more they print. That's what inflation's all about. And this is what the Democrats did. It's, it's, it is, the causal relationship is, is direct. You keep spending money you don't have, you create debt. Keep creating debt, you create inflation. Inflation devalues the currency. And China steps in and says, okay, we have a currency too, the second biggest economy, and we're going to overtake the United States use our currency and countries are agreeing with them and it's frighteningly stupid of us to do what we're doing that is the Democrats I want you to listen to this before I get to uh, how they're destroying the uh... you know the amazing thing about what the Biden administration does it almost does all this without legislation without input from our representatives like it's destroyed Title IX, women's sports. Nobody voted on that. That's part of the Civil Rights Act. It was passed in 1972. Nobody voted to repeal Title IX for women's sports. He just does it. Nobody voted to give back a trillion dollars on student loans. He just does it, and the courts are going to stop him. Nobody voted to keep our borders open so fentanyl and drugs and guns and all the rest keep coming across the border. You know, they say, let's, let's ban certain types of weapons. We can't even stop illegal aliens from coming across the border. How are we going to stop weapons from coming across the border? Any better than we can stop drugs from coming across the border. It's ridiculous. They don't even secure the border. But now the automobile's under attack. 
Our representatives hadn't had any say. Our representatives didn't say anything. They do this by regulation. Which is incredibly shocking. These are big things. The EPA head announces today new emission standards. Where did these come from? Well, the EPA. Who made them up? We don't know. They just did it. So they're driving this electric vehicle technology. You know what happens to these batteries after 10 years? Beside the fact they don't last. They're toxic. They don't know where to put them. The material that goes into the batteries, much of it comes out of the Congo. The cobalt comes out of the Congo. They use child slave labor. The Chinese use child slave labor in the Congo. And, and even environmentalists are concerned about this now because of the amount of emissions that are expended to get the amount of rare earth materials that go into making a battery, lithium and all the rest of it. By the time you have a brand new electric vehicle, they're now saying it's about four years worth of quote-unquote pollution that would be created by a gasoline-driven vehicle. They haven't thought this stuff out. And in the meantime, the communist Chinese, they control the minerals in Africa that we're talking about. They control them in Afghanistan that we're talking about. And they have them themselves. We don't have this stuff in any significant amounts. So at the very same time, the communist Chinese are preparing for war, are putting its, its navy and its other military bases in strategic places to choke us off economically. We're going to leave energy independence and now rely on the communist Chinese? This is crazy. In fact, he's asked about this, the EPA director. Cut nine, Mr. Producer, go. As I'm sure you know, most EV batteries right now are produced in China. Um, so how do you balance the administration's climate goals while also trying to achieve its goal of reducing reliance on China? Uh, that's, that's a great question. And so we, we look at it in, in, in twofold. We have to walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, this proposal doesn't kick in till model year 2027. 20, uh, uh, so we've got some years to ramp up. We hope that we can take advantage of, of that runway. We have to walk and chew gum at the same time. What, what is this? Is, is this uh, Sesame Street? This is so stupid. And we have three years to ramp up? What does that mean? Three years to massively change industries? It doesn't work that way. We need access to the natural material. Not just the production facilities to process it. So he has no answer. Now, I have a few more questions that I'll repeat. These charging stations. I asked the people in New York City. I asked the people specifically in Manhattan. Where are these charging stations going to be? If you have an apartment complex or a condo complex, where are you going to charge your battery? You got a lot of cars at that apartment complex or condo complex. How many charging stations are they going to be? And where are they going to be? 
How are you going to charge your car? Let's say you live on the seventh floor. How's this going to work exactly? Every parking space can have a charging station? Of course not. Now, it takes a little while to charge your battery fully. It's not like filling up a tank of gas. So during rush hour, with all those cars on the streets in New York, I could take any city. I'm just taking that one. How exactly is this going to work? It's not going to work. They're also saying they don't want people charging at night. Well, why don't they want people charging at night? Because people do their laundry at night. People have their lights on at night. If it's really cold, they have their heat on. If it's really warm, they have their air conditioning on. And so what they found in in California is you have more brownouts and blackouts at night. So what they're trying to do in California is encourage people not not to plug in at night. Okay, you're a working person. And you live in L.A. You're a working person. You live in in New York. Well, where are you supposed to plug in? And for how long and where? And you're not the only one, by the way. How's this going to work? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It works now when 6% of the cars on the road are electric vehicles. But they're saying they want 67% of the cars on the road in the next five or seven years to be electric vehicles. Not just cars, trucks. What kind of battery do you need for an 18-wheeler? Have they even developed it yet, Mr. Producer? Remember we had this discussion a few months ago? Can you imagine the size of that battery? Well... We don't have an electrical grid that can handle this. That's for sure. And we don't even protect our electrical grid from attack. None of this has been thought through. This is being pushed by ideology. Ideology doesn't get us where we need to go. Capitalism does. Industry does. Productivity, development, technology. That's how we get to where we need to go. But the ideologues don't give a damn. They don't think things through. And if we're up to them, we would starve to death. The EPA head couldn't even answer the question. We're going to have reliance on China. We've got to walk and chew gum at the same time. Oh, okay. Now, I, all they're doing is putting out regulations. Those regulations don't tell us how this is all going to be done. They tell you how they're going to destroy things, how they're going to stop things, how they're going to ban things. What they don't tell you is how they're going to create things produce things, and process things. The same government. They can't get the supply chain working. The same government. They can't secure the border. That government that can't even get you your tax refunds on time. What makes you think they're so efficient, they're so knowledgeable that they know how to build cars? That they know how to build an energy industry. Do you understand how many hundreds of billions of dollars are going out of your pockets to subsidize these massive corporations and these Democrat donors to develop industries that don't exist? They tried this with the solar energy under Obama. You know who he put in charge of that, Mr. Producer? Joe Biden. 
We don't have a big solar industry still, despite hundreds of billions of your tax dollars being spent. Why? Because you don't want it. That's why. And so they're going to push people to buy electric vehicles. You know, they used to subsidize it, $7,500 a car and so forth. That had to stop. It was burning a hole through the Treasury. So now they've decided, you know, the average person out there, the average stiff out there, that's how they view you. We don't care if you can afford it or not. We're going to make it impossible for you to buy a new combustion engine, gasoline-oriented vehicle. And you're on your own. Too bad. Too bad. And to what end? Most of the people who believe in this climate change stuff, they know nothing about the substance. They know nothing about the science. They don't want to read any of the debates that go on. Even when these experts come out of MIT and Princeton and Stanford and all over the world, Oxford, they don't want to hear from them. You must be a climate denier. No, I'm a big government denier. No, no. You must be a climate denier. No matter how much I talk about the science on this program or write about it, even in an early book, you may have heard of it, Liberty and Tyranny. No matter how many sources of information I provide that are not on the Internet, they're not kooks, these are physicists, these are meteorologists, these are climate experts, on and on and on. Hundreds and hundreds of them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In the 1970s, as I have explained in several of my books, there was a movement in Europe, starting in Germany, of course, in France. It was called the degrowth movement. The degrowth movement believed that mankind was using too many of the Earth's resources. Therefore, the wealthiest countries, starting with the United States, had to shrink their economies. And so they hate capitalism because capitalism is growth-oriented. It's efficiency-oriented. It's technology-oriented. It's created enormous prosperity like we've never seen on the face of the earth. The average person in this country, when they walk into a supermarket, is more available to them than any king or queen had 100 years ago. Period. Period. The average person in the United States lives better. Better. Than any king of England did a hundred years ago any monarchy on the face of the earth did a hundred years ago that's what freedom and capitalism do despite all the imperfections and all the attacks about inequality it's the most perfect and equal system mankind has ever developed and we didn't even really develop it it's a spontaneous manner of commerce and trade you decide what you want to do you decide what you're interested in eating you decide And people respond. It's also, by the way, as a footnote, the least racist economic system on the face of the earth. Socialism is the most racist system. Want me to prove it to you? Let me ask you a question. And I wrote about this in Liberty and Tyranny. Let's say you go to a breakfast diner or a diner and you get breakfast. You want a couple of eggs. Maybe you want some bacon, maybe you want some toast, some orange juice, coffee, water, whatever. Who produced those eggs? 
you don't have the foggiest idea. Do you care? Do you care if it was a white person or a black person? Do you care if it was a gay person or a straight person? Do you care if it's LGBTQ or, or an evangelical Christian or an Orthodox Jew? It doesn't even enter your mind. I want two eggs. I want my eggs. In socialist societies, there's government ownership or government control of the means of production, communist societies. And they know exactly who produces everything because they tell them to produce it. Whenever the government's involved, it defines people by race and groups and so forth. Capitalism does not. Because you don't give a damn. You don't give a damn who built your car. You don't give a damn who made your toilet paper. None of it matters to you. You just look for the lowest price. That's all you care about. It's a very humane system. So here we have the EPA. That's going to make it impossible for the average American to afford a new vehicle. Impossible. Because you know what the real goal is? I've talked to you about this before. To get all of you out of cars and to get you on mass transit and to force as many of you into more and more dense communities as possible. Apartment houses, condominiums, near public transportation. That's the goal. And we know this from HUD under Obama and now Biden trying to eliminate the single-family home. That's the regulation that they put out. It started in Westchester, New York. We had the former mayor of Westchester call into this program and explain exactly what HUD did to them under Obama. Obama <clears throat> is replaced by Trump. He kills that regulation. In comes Biden with all the same leftists pushing exactly the same thing. The automobile is being destroyed right in front of your eyes. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 
Well, Mr. Producer, how much time do I have? I have a minute and a half. Do we have enough time for silent prayer? I remember when a friend of mine used to do that on air. About 60 seconds of dead air. Can we do that? Do you think the affiliates will be upset by that? we have a minute now? No, we're not going to do that. Anyway, here's the problem with this administration. Oh, God. There's a lot of problems. But they shouldn't be in the business. If you think about the founders of the nation and the Revolutionary War, and you think about the framers and the Constitution, and you think about how private property rights were so crucially important to these men and women, because property represents both the physical and intellectual labor of your life, right? During the course of your life. That a president and administration, the executive branch, can just come in and start banning stuff? Household goods? Vehicles? Zoning? Just by the signature of a pen? That's called fascism. That's called Marxism. Certainly not Americanism. I'll be right back. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. America's most powerful conservative voice, The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Anybody with any class, any literacy, definitely would not be writing for Newsweek. Do you agree with me, Mr. Producer? Newsweek has been always a liberal rag, as far as I'm concerned. Only the most desperate would seek out Newsweek. No offense, it's nothing personal, of course. It's not exactly on my bookmark list. You know, yeah, I wake up and let me go to Newsweek. What do they have to say? Nothing is actually what they have to say. Nothing profound, nothing interesting. But CNS News, that's a whole other ball game. Terry Jeffries, a brilliant, brilliant man and a good friend. America imported $78.8 billion in cell phones and other household goods from communist China last year. It's even worse than that. We're talking about importing almost $79 billion in cell phones and other household goods from communist China. $52.5 billion in computers. Over $41 billion in toys and games and sporting goods from communist China. $131 billion plus on Chinese-made goods. Points out in 2021, the median household income in the United States was about 71000 About 71000 That $131 plus billion this country sent to China in exchange for cell phones and the rest equal the combined income of approximately 1,856,000 American households, what they were earning in the 2021 median income. In fiscal 2022, according to the U.S. Treasury, our federal government spent $81 billion on Department of Homeland Security. 
which is supposed to secure our borders. That was equal to only about 61.57% of the money we sent to China in exchange for all their crap. And Terry Jeffrey points out that this nation needs to return to the trade policy of the founding fathers. On July 4, 1789, President Washington signed the first federal revenue law. He did not impose a direct income tax on the American people, which the Constitution made an impractical option prior to the ratification of the 16th Amendment in 1913. The tariff signed into law by Washington served two purposes, to raise revenue for the federal government and to protect and encourage American manufacturing. The problem is today... We have politicians, Democrats in particular, who want to redistribute wealth. Their goal isn't to fund the federal government. Their goal is to take your wealth and give it to somebody else. That's their goal. And to centralize all decision-making so they can decide what kind of cars you can drive, what kind of homes you can build, what kind of stoves you can have, what kind of dishwashers, air conditioners, HVAC systems, what kind of automobiles you can have, what kind of energy you can use, what your kids are going to learn, and where they're going to learn it. The federal government's going to decide. All of it. And who exactly, what exactly is the federal government? Do you know the name of 10 people who work in the federal government? No, you don't. Can you name 10 people who work at HUD who are going to affect the way you live? No. Can you name 10 people who work at the EPA? No. Can you name 10 people who work at the Department of No Energy? No. And yet you rely on them? They must be noble people. They're the greatest people in the face of the year. No, they're not. They passed the civil service exam. They joined a union, and there's no getting rid of them. Period. They're the ones making the decisions. Then a guy who won't on a press conference, he's issuing executive orders like lollipops at a nursery school. These people aren't qualified to make these decisions. The framers of the Constitution understood this. Read your Constitution. The federal government's supposed to be limited. But you don't understand, Mark. I don't understand what? We have to rely on the federal government for our sustenance. Are you kidding me? For our education. What are you talking about? The Department of Education was started under Jimmy Carter. Kids were a lot smarter before Jimmy Carter. Why do we believe that if decisions are made in Washington, D.C. by bureaucrats, the names of whom you don't know... They don't know you. They don't know what you want. They don't know where you live, how you live. They don't know anything about you. Why do you believe or does anyone believe that they make noble decisions and you do not? Why do they believe that? Why do we believe that they know how to manufacture a vehicle? In Washington, D.C., where there are no assembly lines, period. There are no industries except government in Washington and around Washington. What do they know? They don't know anything. Everything's driven by ideology. 
Who are these people? So people get elected to Congress so they know more than you? People get civil service jobs so they know more than you? Is this ridiculous? Is this not absurd? Is that what history shows us? That the Soviet Union was the wealthiest country on the face of the earth? No, it wasn't. All right, Mr. Producer. Let's take some calls, shall we? Yes, we can. Do we have any irregular Americans, a.k.a. leftists? No, just regular Americans, patriots. All right, to whom shall I speak? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Rick from Wise, Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. Very wise of you, Rick. And by the way, there was a great pitcher on the Philadelphia Phillies by the name of Rick Wise. Are you aware of that? Hello? Oh, my God, I did all that, and Rick Wise is gone from Wise, Virginia, Mr. Producer. Do we have another caller, please? Yes. Quickly. Mike from where? Oh, Mike is a truck driver in Illinois. The S is silent, Mr. Producer. Mike, a truck driver in Illinois. Mike, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you? Very well. Thank you, sir. What are you trucking? I haul trees right now. Trees. All right. Can yep. it, we can we can use trees, that's for sure. That's right. I'm sure the left will appreciate that. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> I was wondering if Trump could sort of beat, uh, I guess, his suing attorney to to the punch and maybe take get taken to court. And air some of this dirty laundry that's coming out. Now, he can't sue him, but what he can do is, in the course of representing him, the lawyers can bring up any... Uh, well, I mean, beat, beat, beat Bragg to the punch. Beat yeah, Bragg I'm saying he punch. can't sue Bragg for these reasons. What I'm saying is, during the course of this litigation, his lawyers can bring up anything that demonstrates unethical uh, misbehavior or other conduct by the prosecutor's office. But keep in mind, you got a Democrat Party judge that's already hurt his company uh, in a prior case, and you're going to have a Democrat jury. So it's very difficult. It's very complicated. And the best way to handle this is try and get this case thrown out because it's a crap case. Thank you, my friend. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Al Sharpton is on MSLSD because he's very, very important. I mean, even bigots need a platform too, don't they? And MSNBC knows how to find them. And uh, he's at, (coughs) excuse me, cholera. He's at the National Action Network conference today. And listen to this crap. Cut 17, go. Where the governor there, uh, DeSantis, has, has declared a war on aspects of history. What can the U.S. Department of Education do to federally protect us from these Jim Crow-type tactics on our education? Mm. You know what? You know what? You've always been a dumbass. You really have, Al. 
And I say that with all due respect, which means none. The Jim Crow type tactics. I see. So if you don't embrace critical race theory, you support Jim Crow. Does he even know what Jim Crow is? Does he have any idea what Jim Crow is? Biden says the same thing, and Biden was part of Jim Crow. So he may actually know what it means, but he lies about it. So if you push critical race theory, which is a lie, which is Marxism, out of the classroom and say, yes, you can teach about slavery and civil rights and lynching and these horrific things that took place, but not critical race theory because that's Marxism. That has nothing to do with our history. Then you're part of Jim Crow. Now, I remember long, long ago when Al Sharpton was a disreputable bigot. Now he's, he's not, of course. He works at MSNBC when they only take the, the most classy individuals like Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. Any other conga line of misfits, malcontents, and miscreants. But Al Sharpton there. So now you see... If you're a Republican, if you oppose critical race theory, if you oppose teaching young children sexuality when they're in elementary school, I'm not saying oppose this or that. I'm saying oppose sexualizing them at a young age. Not at an old age. Who cares? I already did pure talk. Well, then, it's a different kind of situation. Right? Right. So there's Al Sharpton. So now DeSantis, you see, is part of Jim Crow. Actually, MSNBC is part of Jim Crow, not DeSantis. What am I talking about? The number of bigots and racists on MSNBC as hosts, as guests, is enormous. Even CNN looks at MSNBC and says, what the hell's going on over there? MSNBC has decided to make a little niche for itself. If you're a bigot, a racist, and an anti-Semite, that's your network. That's your network. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel... Our truckers, thank you. The men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine, our freedom fighters, our freedom fighters, that's right. God bless each and every one of you. And thank you, folks. God bless you for being here, and I'll see you tomorrow.